Hi, Insiders, and welcome back to a new season of Disney Movie Insiders Presents. I'm Lisa, and we're back to bring you more Disney movie magic. In this episode, we're talking to costume designer Ruth Carter about her work in Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Queen Ramonda, Shuri, Mbaku, Okoye, and Adora Milaje return to fight to protect their nation from intervening world powers in the wake of King T'Challa's death. As the Wakandans strive to embrace their next chapter, the heroes must band together with the help of Nakia and Everett Ross to forge a new path for the Kingdom of Wakanda. This film is a beautiful tribute to Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa. Even though we mourn in this movie, it's in that mourning that we celebrate the legacy and build the next chapter of the Black Panther. With new heroes and higher stakes, what remains true is this. The spirit of the Black Panther lives in you. Wakanda forever. Much like the powerful women in this film, our first guest is a powerhouse in her field. Let's welcome Academy Award-winning costume designer, Ruth Carter. Hi, Ruth. Happy to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. And I want to start things off with a big congratulations on Black Panther, Wakanda forever. I absolutely love this movie. You moved it forward so respectfully and just completely honored. Mr. Chadwick Boseman. So thank you so much for your work now. But I want to go back in time to see how did you get your start in costume design? Because we want to know who are your mentors? Tell us about your journey to get to where you are today. Um, Well, I was a costume designer at Hampton University. uh, And I found a love for costume design there and I was supported by it. So by the time I uh, graduated and and drove across country to, to Hollywood and met Spike Lee, uh, he uh, asked me to do his first film, School Days, and I felt like I was ready for it. I felt like I was trained in character development and character arcs and color palettes and all of those things, but I still did not know the film medium. So I was excited to partner uh, with Spike and 40 Acres and a Mule and learn this whole process of filmmaking. That's so amazing. I want to ask though, was there a moment in your life that sparked your interest in costume? Like, did you know, was there like something that steered you and said, I have a passion for fashion and this is what I want to pursue? (laughs) Yeah, you know, a lot of people think that I became a costume designer because I like fashion, you know, Dior, Alexander McQueen. But actually, it was like the storytellers in my life, Mm -hmm. the James Baldwin's, uh, the uh, Alice Walker, reading those stories, I could like really see these characters. I mean, I came up, it was a kid in the 70s where, you know, you heard the music of Marvin Gaye and you could imagine these worlds that they were singing about or Curtis Mayfield. And and, uh, there were movie scores that they did. um, And so the movies themselves were also exciting Claudine and Superfly and all these movies and then I saw um, Lady Sings the Blues and uh, the clothing was done by Bob Mackey and I love Diana Ross and the role but then I went on to listen to the recordings of Lady Day and I thought if I were going to do this film how would I have done it differently and that theater training kind of showed me a different path that maybe I would go on as a film. Mm, that's really cool. I love though that you're talking about obviously story as the center of it all. And I just, it's so cool to hear about how music was interwoven through your journey as well. And then 
we're watching your your creations on screen. That's so cool. So it's probably in there. But when you're joining a project, what do you look for? Is it a lot of those same elements like the storytelling or is there anything else that you consider? It's also where I can have a voice. Um, mm. you know, I do have the fashion, uh, you know, the fashion story going on, like where I can have a voice, where I can contribute. And sometimes it's a quiet contribution. Uh, mm. You don't, if, if you want this composition to come together and be in the wardrobe is quiet, that's a challenge too. Mm. Uh but I, I look for what I can do to bring to the table because I, I want to be excited about it. I want to really contribute. I want to be a part of the filmmakers. I want to talk to the DP about what I'm putting on camera and how it's going to be lit, how it's going to be shot. I want to have a conversation with the director on, you know, how we can portray this character in a different way and an exciting way. So I want to be excited by, by, by not only my contribution, but how I can work together with the filmmakers. I love that. You're talking about collaboration. And as you're saying, these are massive undertakings. So specific to Black Panther Wakanda Forever, that is a massive undertaking, obviously, with the scope of a film like this, which is so stunning and beautiful. How many costumes are in this film? I've been trying to add that up. It's not, <laughs> not easy. I want to say there's 400. Is that a lot? Um, oh, my gosh. Because we have an underwater world. Mm -hmm. And we did a lot of costumes that were in silhouette. Um, mm. So we did a lot of R&D in the water. Um, so oh, wow. I think it's all Marvel magic, you know, people are swimming. We actually had three divers in costumes like swimming in a tank that was lit and, and shot. So um, there's that. And then we have the river province of Wakanda, which we showed several times. We have all the warriors. We introduced a new uh, warrior group, the Navy of Wakanda, that was not seen in Black Panther 1. The mm -hmm. Navy is brand new, and they have officers and ranking. And so that that was daunting. That was challenging, because on top of telling the story of Shuri mm -hmm. and her grief and bringing in Riri from MIT and M'Baku getting new armor, you know, we had a whole military to do, uh, the Navy. So um, I say about 400, that, might, that number might change. <laughs> 400 and counting. <laughs> yeah, okay, I like that, I like that. <laughs> okay, so you're talking about all these different characters, specifically the underwater, the underwater nation led by Namor. Now, was this something that you had already done before with like all the underwater you're talking about? You had three divers in costumes. Is there a different approach? What's the process of now undertaking underwater costumes? Yeah, that was pretty daunting because as much as you observe on YouTube, you know, uh, clothing underwater and you see how graceful it is mm -hmm. and it just floats so beautifully. When we put some of these costumes underwater in our tests, they just went up in the air and stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing beautiful about that, just up in the air. And we learned how to wait 
them. We learned how to make them float in the way, in the manner with which we wanted to. And so for divers who are used to swimming in swim trunks and bathing suits, here they are now getting into the water where first the material has to be wet. So it's it's resisting uh, all over the place until it finally sinks down in the water and we're watching for the weights to do their work and um, that's a lot for someone uh to take on underwater and hold them and just hold their breath um so there was a lot of uh, the r&d that went into this underwater world because we actually did film a lot underwater in a tank a 20-foot tank so that um (laughs) The visual effects could see how things moved underwater and they can go from a real place as opposed to just, you know, having things floating in air. Oh my gosh. Okay. And honestly, I will say the emotion of that, of those scenes, the underwater scenes initially when you see Shuri and Namor like takes her down into like his home, into his family. It's very, very just so graceful, obviously. And the clothes have everything to do with that and the movement and that emotional connection. So everything you're saying, it's like bringing all that back, bringing all that back to me. (laughs) I've got to say though, so then you're talking about all these different like trial and errors, trying to figure this out. Um, How much time do you get ahead of production to be able to figure this all out? And obviously to create the concept, the design. Well, there's not enough time ever as uh, (laughs) I believe Um, we were waiting for Ryan to rewrite the story of grief. Mm -hmm. And during that time, we uh, accumulated and created the world. And we were very purposeful, intentional, and sensitive. You know, most Mm -hmm. times you have a script and you know the time, you know the place, you know the people. But we didn't have a script for a long time. And Mm -hmm. so just had to go about the work of of uh, creating and creating and adding layers and creating these two worlds because you know there are really two projects here the underground world of the Tola Canals also the historic anchor of the film that's so uh, that needed to be researched and then there's Wakanda and all the things that upgraded Wakanda you know new armor for the Dora new armor for the Jabari uh blankets for the border tribe there all of those Things were created before we actually knew the details of the story. Oh my gosh, that is just, it's astounding. It's like seeing it again, I'm so moved by the movie and the emotionality of it. And obviously her creations are so, are perfect. It's, it's just so fascinating to learn that that was the way in which everything was put together. So with all those amazing, wonderful costumes, do you ever keep a piece for yourself? I wish I could, um, but I do borrow them for my exhibition that travels around the country showing my work from Do the Right Thing all the way up to Black Panther. And it's a wonderful uh, display of like costume design and process. Mm. And it, it inspires the next generation of costume designers. So I borrow them uh, as opposed to like taking them, you know, and owning them. Mm. Well, it's, yeah, again, as someone who like is such a fan of movies, it's so cool that an exhibition like that of going around and let, yes, all the stories that you've told over time is just amazing. 
Is there something that you haven't maybe worked on, like a genre that you haven't tried that you're hoping to maybe step into? I would love to do uh, more period work, you know. Um, the more I learn about history, the more I want to um, portray the history of all kinds of cultures. This was a challenge uh, to go into the Mayan uh, culture on top of Wakanda, but I would love to, you know, um, uh, bring another culture to life and, you know, mm. create a superhero out of that culture um, because there's so many beautiful places that you could visit and and, and land with culture you know whether it be uh you know asia or anywhere yeah um, and so I, I i love the aspect of research um and you know how we came to be yes i was going to say actually it's so funny i thought about that exact same thing the mayan culture represented specifically circling back to wakanda forever and the way that it was represented in the film i'm like i haven't seen something like this i mean for sure in an mcu movie but like you know in a and in this way, it's just amazing. So that is really, really cool. The amount of research that you did on that, did you at least know that going into it? Yeah, I knew that I would be challenged. Uh, we worked with historians and they were very generous. And we, uh, you know, we picked everything we did apart because we didn't want to mess up. We didn't want to yeah. do something that would make someone feel like it didn't represent them. So mm. uh, we were very tenacious with our approach. I was going to say, I love the tenacity and the representation, as you say, that throughout this film. I just, I can't get enough of it. So obviously you are a hero to many yourself for the work that you do and the stories that you tell. Do you have advice for those who would want to follow in your footsteps? I would say follow your passion, uh, be authentic to yourself, really um, understand that this is a, uh, a field that requires a lot of dedication and you, you have to go into this with that in mind that you're going to, you know, dedicate yourself to the project. And it's not that it takes your life away, but it will take you away um, for the time that you're working and doing your artistry, you know, you know, be a student of your passion. I like that student of your passion. Well, thank you so much, Ruth, for joining us today. Um, thanks thank for you so much. Me. Yeah, thank you so much for this film. I'm telling you, I just cannot get enough of it. It's such a phenomenon. Thank you for all the work that you do. Oh, my pleasure. It's been an honor. Joining us next, we have a couple of Disney cast members to talk about a program near and dear to their hearts. I don't want to spoil too much, so take it away. Hello, this is Ruth. I work with the Disney Movie Insiders team. I've had the privilege of doing the Insider Five myself, but it's my turn to ask the questions now of somebody who I've had the privilege of working with for many years. Uh, I'd like to introduce Ken Caldwell, who is the Executive Vice President and General Sales Manager of Theatrical Sales Distribution. Welcome, Ken. Hey, thank you. It's uh, great to be with you. So why don't you start by telling us a bit more about your role and how long you've been with Disney? Uh, I oversee theatrical film distribution for the U.S. and Canada and have been with Disney for over 36 years, having worked out of Chicago, Atlanta, New York, and now Burbank for the last 11 years. And a project that we worked on uh, together and that you've championed for the past nine years has been personally bringing movies on their opening weekend 
the troops stationed downrange, often in active combat zones. Can you talk about how that started and what that's been like? Yeah, it's it's been a real exciting adventure. Uh, my involvement with the military began in 2014. This was when a prison guard from the Parwan detention facility located at Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan, he sent us a letter requesting the possibility of seeing Guardians of the Galaxy at the base first run. Uh, long story short, for security of the content, we needed a trusted carrier to bring the film to Afghanistan. So we partnered with the Army Air Force Exchange and I volunteered, uh, not knowing really what the what was involved, but I volunteered to personally bring the film to the base and present screenings for the soldiers and the airmen to see. Uh, since that time, I've had the honor to travel to Afghanistan and Iraq many more times, uh, bringing them films like Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, Rogue One, Star Wars, The Force Awakens and Last Jedi, Captain Marvel and others. Uh, I've also, I've had the very exciting opportunity to fly out to ships at sea in the Pacific and Atlantic and actually surprising those crews with uh, first, you know, showings of our first runs films. And then uh, just recently, this past July, I brought Thor Love and Thunder to our service men and women that were stationed along the uh, Poland-Ukraine border. I know that a lot of times that uh, these screenings are a surprise uh, to the troops. And I can imagine that the reaction when, you know, they gather them usually under some pretext that it's a training exercise or, and then all of a sudden it's revealed that they're seeing, you know, a film that just released in theaters like Thor Love and Thunder. What, what is that reaction like? What is it like to be there for that? Well, yes. I mean, you know, we normally, we like to go where uh, they don't have access to first run films. Um, I will, I will say this when we, when we go into the, into the Mideast there, because there's so much prep involved, they usually are aware of 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 the uh, of the film that's coming, but when you when you get on the base of you know or the different camps, it's amazing how much they they rally around the film and they're they're dressed up in co- how they get these costumes. I don't know, but they're dressed up in various costumes, and uh, <laughs> they they you know it's it's like a it's it's their premiere of, of the film quite quite honestly, but. Uh, where they where it's been a real kick is uh, when I've flown out to uh, ships at sea, uh, either in the Atlantic or Pacific, and it those are actual surprises, and they they're down in the hangar bay actually thinking that they're going to be seeing some training video or something like that, and then when they it's announced it's Star Wars or Avengers Endgame, the uh, the result uh, and the the applause and the, the mayhem that happens that the, when they're surprised to see that this film is uh it's great it's it's a lot of fun to see that surprise look on everybody's face now i know because we've worked together so long that you don't really like to fly you don't really like public speaking and you know you hadn't traveled that much outside the u.s and now you've been to locations that very few people who aren't enlisted in the military have gone can can you talk a bit about your experiences there yeah, you know, it's it, the screenings for these young men and women. It's 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 so important. Uh, it, it brings them a sense of connection to home and family, and it's a it's a it's a bit of escape from the from the harsh realities, especially when you're in these in these war zones like Iraq, Afghanistan. Uh, as an example, after a screening of Captain Marvel in Bagram, I had a young Air Force captain come up to me after the screening and said, "Sir." 
thank you so much for a couple of hours. I was able to forget I'm in Afghanistan. And that's what brings it home, the importance of this. I mean, and it just, it's it, it's so great to, to, to hear something like that and, and to give them that connection and the escape. Now, when, you know, you have these young men and women gathered, you I know that you often like to host contests before each screening to get them, you know, warmed up for the movie to come. What kinds of fan challenges have have you done during these screenings that are your favorites? Well, we yeah, we usually have a couple of prizes to give away at each screening, like, you know, promo t-shirts or hats from the films. And uh, it's kind of developed on each trip. I, I used to start out and it was just... Uh, uh, to make them earn these prizes, I, I started out with some uh, trivia questions, but uh, it kind of morphed uh, from trivia questions into who could do the best Hulk imitation. And they're ripping their T-shirts off or, you know, trying to be the, the best Hulk. <laughs> and and or I, I do a Darth Vader imitation. Or uh, lately, uh, actually on this last trip uh, with Thor Love and Thunder, I, I had them in the spirit of the first Guardians of the Galaxy film. I had a, had them do a dance-off to, to win, a, win a prize. <laughs> And uh, one of the one of the best ones are, you know, I usually have uh, at some point a singing contest where they I'll have them get up there and they have to sing the Star Wars theme song or uh, sometimes their favorite uh, Disney song. And uh, I there's a there's a little story with the with the Disney song. Uh, it was it was a great great moment where uh, it was at Christmas time and uh, this was in Afghanistan. And uh, I had asked people if they you know who would want to come up and uh, you know sing their favorite Disney song and then we'd do like a uh, uh, by applause who 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 won the contest and. People came up and they sang the typical, you know, uh, you know, it's a small world or zippity doo dah or whatever. And a young lady came up to me and she said, uh, "Sir, uh, does it have to be a Disney song?" And I said, uh, "No." I, I said, "You know, whatever, whatever you want to sing, you know, is fine." And uh, she starts out and an unbelievable, clear, true, beautiful voice starts singing uh, "Alleluia" by uh, Leonard Cohen and. You could hear a pin drop. And uh, halfway through the song, she was like, she was about to stop. She looked at me and I I gave her the motion, keep going, keep going. She sang the whole song. And uh, it it was a moment. It was was, uh, unbelievable. And she got done. There was about one second of silence and then just applause and standing ovation for her. It was, and it was just, it was just a beautiful moment. It sounds like such a moving moment for you as well that, you know, you got to share in this and, you know, throughout the years, you've touched thousands, if not tens of thousands of, you know, these incredibly brave men and women who dedicate their life to service. So thank you very much for doing that. That's, that's really special. It's, it's and, great. Well, it's great to do. And, and so I know that you are the typical giver of fan challenges, but now are you ready to take on the Insider 5 can? <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to take it on. <laughs> okay, good. All right. First question. What is your earliest memory of being a Disney movie fan? Okay. Well, here's where I'm going to uh, show my age. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It was at the Will Will Rogers Theater in Chicago, uh, 1960, seeing the Swiss Family Robinson on the big screen. And I got to tell you, for a young boy with that film, with adventure, you know, all the adventure, the pirates, wild animals, and probably the coolest treehouse that you could imagine. It was it was just an experience that uh, it just stayed with me. It, it was just great. If you could only ride one ride 
all day at a Disney park, which would it be? Well, I will tell you first off, it's not going to be a roller coaster because I get motion sickness very, very easily. <laughs> I agree with you but, on that one. I, and uh, I, I think the, uh, what is it they call it? The, the wormhole or whatever with the, it's a small world, but uh, it, uh, it it would just get into my mind too, too much. So it's a toss up between uh, Jungle Cruise or Pirates of the Caribbean. I love those rides. They both immerse you into a different world of adventure. And both of them have these little details that you never pick up the first time around. So it, it would be a toss-up between those two. I could see you actually taking over and telling jokes eventually <laughs> on the Jungle Cruise. So that's that's fair. Put you to work. Uh, so it's Disney karaoke night. What song do you sing? I'm probably gonna go ha- gonna have to go with the uh, the theme to believe it or not, Beauty and the Beast. It's beautiful. It's a timeless song. And it's, it's actually one of my favorites. And it, it probably helps that it was the first film I ever took my daughter to. Oh, that's really yeah. sweet. I love mm-hmm. that. I thought you were going to pick something a bit more, you know, lively or, you know. <laughs> I, lo- I love that song. Or something. I, I, it's, it's, it's an absolutely beautiful song. I love that. Okay, you are invited to a Disney-themed costume party. <laughs> and you have to dress up, Ken. Who or what do you dress as? You cannot say yourself. Uh, You might be surprised at this one. Uh, At one point in my career, we were celebrating the opening of Lilo and Stitch, and we had a luau party for the staff. And as a surprise, I showed up dressed as Elvis. (laughs) So... I would probably do that again if pushed. And uh, I do know that somewhere, someone uh, unfortunately still has me, uh, pictures of me in that costume somewhere. Was it a Lilo, or sorry, a Stitch as Elvis? Oh, no, no. It has to be Disney themed. No, this was, this was, was, uh, it was the spirit of Elvis, but uh, it it was a full Elvis costume. That's fair because Elvis does appear in the movie. Yeah. A photo of Elvis and his music does appear. So well played, Ken. And we did well we played. did have a young girl. We had hula dancers there, and one of the hula dancers, her she had a young daughter that was like the spitting image of Lilo. So it was we had many pictures of her and my and myself taken together. So it was it was fun. That's fantastic. I I do have a hard time imagining that. And now <laughs> I am going to try to find that photo. I, I, I imagine you're going to search for that film or for that. <laughs> I will. I will. I have a question now. And which Disney character has the best life advice, and what is it? I'm going to I'm going to get a little philosophical here. Um, for me, and this is this is going to be a little bit off the wall for you, but for me, it's uh, Baloo from Jungle Book, with the song "Look for the Bare Necessities." It's because when you listen to the lyrics of the song, it's really about stripping down the importance or the reliance of possessions and uh, concentrating on what's more important in life and trusting that Mother Nature or God, if you will, will provide what is truly needed. So I that if listen to the lyrics and I think uh, you'll get that message. It's it's a great it's a great song. Well, a very wise note to close out. And you did and conquered the Insider Five. Thank you very much, Ken, for joining me today and and sharing about uh, a project that I know that we both have come to care so much about. 
and something that's uh, very special. I think that what we do at uh, Walt Disney Studios. So thank you. It's great. And I I would be remiss to say uh, or not to say that uh, uh, it wouldn't have happened without you. And uh, I, I, I truly appreciate the help and, and the introduction to the Army Air Force Exchange and doing these things for the military. And uh, it's, it's really important to me. And it's, it's truly the, the highlight of my career doing these things. And uh, it wouldn't have happened without, uh, without your help and a little bit of push uh, to, to go into these uh, war zones. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. I, I I do nothing but send my my leaders into peril but no it's it was it was fantastic thank you um, I think it's a demonstration for how you know we at Disney work together to do what impossible things sometimes and uh, you know all in service of the fans so Absolutely. thank you so much thank you that's our show add Marvel Studios Black Panther Wakanda forever to your movie collection. Now on digital and Blu-ray February 7th, and now streaming on Disney+. Plus. So you don't miss any upcoming podcast episodes, subscribe and follow Disney Movie Insiders Presents. And while you're there, we'd love it if you gave us a rating and review. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com or our app and enter bonus code TALOCON. The code expires February 14th, 2023 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. Membership is required. Limit one redemption per account. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com for terms and conditions. We'll catch you next time, Insiders, with more Disney movie magic.